Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So I just wanted to make sure that I understood you clearly, that Lisa and Meredith had told you that. They really did. I don't say anything that's not true. Yeah. I do understand why Meredith and Lisa denied saying that they were scared of Jen. However, the fact of the matter remains that they are afraid of Jen and, and it, all of them. So, except me. to another episode of everyone's business but mine with me Kara Berry Real Housewives of Salt Lake City edition you guys where is Mary the name on everybody's lips is Mary Cosby she's driving these storylines and yet we get so little of her it looked like in the preview that she's not even in next week's episode I'm upset I don't get it I'm confused I feel bamboozled I feel lied to I don't know who to trust and I don't know who to turn to And for that, Bravo, I will never, never forgive you. Where is she? (laughs) Where is she? Is she just like rumbling through her closet? Or, you know, the office that she converted to a closet? Or the bedroom that she converted to the closet? Or the hallway that she converted to the closet? Like, I don't get it. Where is she? Where is she? Let's start about the talk about the episode, okay? Seth walks in, you know, we get these first scenes where it's like everybody what they're up to, who's with their boyfriend and who's with their husband and doing silly things. The first scene we see is Seth walking in with a pink rose and it's inside of a like a plastic one use single use plastic Evian bottle that he probably like rummaged out of the recycle bin. No way he just got a single rose. This is probably something that he got from like a bouquet that's already in the home. You know, they're fully in the like, God, heterosexuality is such a prison, isn't it? You hear me, ladies? (laughs) They're in that stage of like, we're working on things, but like, she's not letting him She's not taking him. He's not, they're not going to pound town, right? They're not having sex. So like things are very like, Ooh, you know, like he's in full on courting mode, right? Like he's trying to get laid. He's like, great. We're on good footing. Next step, pound town. So men have like straight men have like seven moves, right? Six of them involve lying. (laughs) And I don't appreciate it. He's doing this like long lingering kisses and, you know, let this 
flower remind you of, you know, the full bloom of our love. Ugh. Could you imagine? Ugh. I haven't even brushed my teeth yet. And you're talking about our love being in full bloom. Get out of here. Scram. <laughs> um, so Whitney goes to Beauty Lab. Whitney. I'm very disappointed in Whitney's lack of uh, accountability here. I really am. She goes to Beauty Lab and Whitney's like, you know, like, I've been overthinking this whole situation and what happened and replaying the party over and over in my mind. And I'm going from like mortified to pissed off. And finally, I was like, <laughs> release it. Let it go. I did nothing wrong. Whitney. <laughs> she then says like, you know, the party was a disaster, but my intentions were good. And it's like, okay. That doesn't mean that you didn't do anything wrong, though, because you for sure did. And I know that she probably doesn't remember because she was fucking lit. <laughs> but that doesn't like you having good intentions doesn't absolve you of making a situation bad. Right. Like that's the rules. Right. It's, um, you know, it, I, I felt some kind of way about that. Then she points the finger at Heather for interfering, which is wild to me because they had planned this like tag team move. Now, granted, if we're really going to roll that beautiful bean footage back, I will have to say that Heather pretty much went in there immediately, even though she said, I'm going to let you speak and then I'm just going to like come in and provide backup if you need it. Heather, Heather got in there pretty quickly, pretty quickly. Like if only she had a chicken lollipop to delay her. <laughs> um, I will give Whitney that, but I think that is a very small point. It's it's a half a point that I'm going to give Whitney. So Heather's like, and I was just trying to play back up for you. And Whitney's like, well, it wasn't received that way by me. <laughs> Therapy talk. You love it? I love to see it out in the wild. So Whitney says she wanted to pull Jen aside to avoid a blow up. She didn't want to have it be this whole thing. And then then we get a very strange turn. Uh, this wagon, this covered wagon, <laughs> took a real strange turn into Pioneerland, the deep depths of Heather's insecurities. She says, she's like, Whitney says, I didn't want this to be a whole blow up. I wanted to take uh, genocide. And Heather was like, I actually kind of did want it to be a blow up. Not in the sense that, like, she wanted Jen to pop off and, like, throw a half a glass of Vita tequila and ice. No. But she said she wanted it to basically be, like, a come-to-Jesus moment for Jen. About ditching Meredith and Lisa. Now, she believes that Meredith and Lisa are running game on Jen. And it's sort of like a keep-your-friends-close-and-keep-your-enemies-closer situation. So they're befriending Jen to like keep her at bay and then heather's like okay and now you see what happened at the party is that instead of jen being mad at them she's now mad at all of us and she thinks that heather thinks that jen basically thinks that meredith and lisa are like the cool girls jen is like her old friend or meredith sorry heather is jen's old friend Heather, sorry, you guys, <laughs> I'm going to start over because it's very confusing. Heather believes 
that she and Jen have a great friendship, but Jen thinks of Meredith and Lisa as the cool girls. And so she feels like she's worried that Jen might eventually abandon her for what she thinks to be the upper echelon. Whitney's just nodding and she's like, you know, Heather, we're going to set up a thing. Like, basically, I want you to talk to Jen. Like, we'll talk to her together. Now, Whitney, you just spent this whole time basically blaming Heather (laughs) for intervening last time. So why you're inviting her now when it's very clear that you guys have like, you guys are coming from very different places. I don't know why (laughs) Whitney would invite her again. Heather is upset for something on a different planet on a very different planet from Mary said that, that Meredith and Lisa are scared of Mary or Jen. Okay. (laughs) So then we go to, we're back at the house. Seth and Meredith are going through some ski gear they just bought. And Meredith says she's working through the noise or they're working through the noise of their past. So they're like really working on connecting with each other, blah, blah, blah. And how do we connect? How is Seth connecting? Do you ask? Seth says, you know, what's on my bucket list. Um, sex with ski goggles. Cause he just bought some ski goggles. Okay. <laughs> Meredith is like, okay, well how about goggles and, and heels? And he's like, Oh, now we're talking. See, this is part two of their plan, by the way. The straight man plan. You're like, okay, we're over the fight. I'm trying to get laid. And so what I'm going to do, phase two is bring up any situation that seems like it might be sexy as a way to get this woman to have sex with me again. Like if I just bring it up enough, maybe it'll emit some kind of response. Like men try so hard to be psychologically damaging to us and they are, but not in the ways that they think, you know? So Seth asks about the birthday party. And so then we get like a cut to Meredith talking to Seth, Lisa talking to her husband, John, and uh, Jen talking to her assistant. Jen's being very professional and saying like, you know, this was Coach Shaw's event, you know, like how unprofessional that they would, or how, you know, like uh, stupid and weird it is that they would bring up the situation at this party. Like, why couldn't they mention it? And now coach Shaw's not talking to me. We find out. Mm. Lisa is still hating on Whitney for pussy popping at this party. And she's like getting into this, like respectability politics of women in Utah are only good for two things, breeding and dancing. And, you know, how inappropriate was her, was Whitney for twerking at a hip hop party, a hip hop themed party and how inappropriate it was to twerk in front of somebody's husband. It's like, why have a music themed party with music that you twerk to and you're not going to twerk it? Like what's, (laughs) does she need to be like on a handstand no but also yeah she did i loved it you're the only one hating lisa and i need to know why it seems like there's more to the story and i know that they kind of like had their whatever earlier in the season Mm, lisa's really hating from the sidelines and i don't like it um meredith is talking to seth and she's like well whitney said that jen said that Mary Mary told me that Lisa and I were afraid of her and Seth is like 
so wait, so Whitney told Jen that Mary what what's the lie? <laughs> Meredith is like Meredith and Lisa both say to their husbands, like, we never said that to Mary. We never said anything. Lisa thinks it's weird that Whitney would bring that up at the party. I will give her that. And then she's like, uh, maybe she's just spend less time twerking and more time being an adult. Okay, Lisa. <laughs> she looks like she's not fun. Lisa isn't like a not fun. How were you the owner of several te- tequila lines? And you're this boring. It doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. Why was she cast for the show? <laughs> I don't like her. <laughs> okay, so then we get finally our one and only scene with Mary, Icon. And I have to say, of all of her outfits, I like this one the best. The one that she got trapped in, in that pleather, <laughs> the pleather belt. Lord help us. Lord, Lord help us. Um, Mary basically confirms that she's a hoarder, like Whitney said last episode, and she says, it's an escape for her. And it's like, girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know. She. It's very clear that you're damaged and you're damaged from your past, Mary. Like nobody's going to nobody's going to deny you that girlfriend. Um, I mean, listen, if if uh, clothes are the manifestation of whatever's going on. And that brain of yours, then I think well, this is like a best case scenario, right? <laughs> right. Um, somebody said, I think they said maybe on bitch that's Les- Leslie Grossman maybe said that she thought that there was maybe an air of um, pill popping to Mary. And I'm going to keep my eye on that. I didn't quite see it. She seemed pretty sober this time, <laughs> pretty lucid. But I'm I'm keeping my eye on that. You guys, I haven't discussed what the hell is going on with Mary's cousin slash housekeeper. And honestly, like, I don't really know what to say about this lady. But it seems like Mary doesn't really know what to say about this lady either because she says that she doesn't know anything about her life. <laughs> so I guess I should just move on. Like, I, why expect any more of me than we can from the direct from the source, you know? Um... So Whitney calls while Mary's still trapped in her belt. (laughs) And she says, well, I just want you to know that I told Jen that Meredith and Lisa don't agree with um, Jen's behavior, but they're too nervous to tell her, which is not what she said. (laughs) Remember we said, I just think it's funny how these women say that they're scared of you. And I just think it's funny that they said that you, that they're scared of you, but they, well, I just think it's <laughs> struggling, just struggling through the words. She really didn't say anything, but she definitely didn't say what she just told Mary. She said, so Mary's like, where were you when this conversation happened? And Whitney was like, oh, it was at Sharif's birthday party. Mary's eyes bug out. Mary gives us face. She is an incredible queen, an upcoming and legendary child of the reaction movement. I have a whole folder of Mary reaction faces. She, her eyes bug out. And then she says in the talking head, like, that was her husband's birthday party that Whitney chose to do this at? Like, I wouldn't do that. 
even I wouldn't do that. <laughs> and that really should put it into perspective for all of us. Even Mary wouldn't do that. Mary, who openly said <laughs> that Jen's double amputeed aunt should have drank more water if she wanted her legs. Even Mary wouldn't take it so far. <laughs> oh my God. So then she says, Mary says, you know, I'm really not surprised that, that Meredith and Lisa would deny that because they're afraid of her. Everyone's afraid of her except for me. <laughs> and I just love her in that three minutes. She gave us everything. She gave us everything we needed. So we're back to the beauty lab the new beauty lab, actually, because Heather is expanding it. She and her partner getting a new space, Instagrammable sections and all of the things that you could ever imagine. Fillers and filters, Instagram filters for everyone, for everyone in the Salt Lake City area. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. So they're walking around, the construction's being done. And she says, you know, this is such a moment. Beauty Lab has been in business for five years and I used to take money out of my own personal account for the, to cover the payroll. And, you know, when she was married to Billy, that she was expected to be this full-time wife and mother and counselor to all of them. And this was like her getting a job was completely unheard of and that is where we differ girlfriend i can't imagine being in a place where like you're expected to marry like the grandson of somebody who has billions of dollars and just like you don't work 
you know, like how many sections of America can you say that the woman is like expected not to work? Like it's, it's weird for her to work in like a modern way, like not a Duggar way. It's very strange to me. Anyway. Um, and then she says, you know, like this, if Billy hadn't left me five years ago, I never would have been able to do this. Now I'm confusion about this whole situation. Like fuck Trump's tax returns. I need to know the financial details of the situation because this conversation had me very confused. So let's talk about it. So the, her partner starts off by saying, you know, I think the, with the expansion of this building, I think that should be the time where you start taking a paycheck. Sorry. <laughs> She's had this business for five years and she has not taken a cut from it at all. I was under the, didn't she tell us that this was like a multi-million dollar business? How is it possible that in five years, not only has she not taken money, but she's actually poured in her own money to pay people. Did she, am I like hallucinating that she said this was like a $20 million business? And I understand there's like overhead, but girl, (laughs) how are you not getting any money from this? Okay. So her friend or partner, I, I didn't get her name. You guys, she's like, you know, you put every dollar that you would have earned back into the business. I mean, okay. I, I guess that answers my question, but it still doesn't really, it seems like, it's still not adding up to me. It's still not adding up. So her friend's like, well, do you think Billy will start? This is what I was confused about. Cause her friend was like, do you think that Billy will keep paying alimony? And Heather says, well, no, I don't really want to double dip. Like if I'm going to take this check, I, I'm not going to take alimony from him. And girl, take the alimony. You earned it. You earned it for basically, you just said that you weren't allowed to have any sort of ambitions or to be yourself at all. Take the check, girl. You earned it. So then she says, you know, like, I don't want to double dip and, you know, maybe he can use that money towards his dreams and his future. And again, how much money is he giving her that the grandson of a billionaire, (laughs) she puts it like, like they were kids who... Like she got married, like she was a teen mom and then she ended up going to community college and like getting her dental assistant degree. And now it's like time for him to go to college. Like that's what almost what she made it sound like. I didn't really understand. I really didn't. And if you guys like, you know, if you have any information of like, is it, is it possible to get public records on how much somebody gets alimony? Like, if y'all know, if that's public record, holler at your girl. Because I want to know. So then Heather's partner is talking about, like, how great this business has been and how confident she's been and how many, you know, decisions that she's able to make. And Heather's like, yeah, something about doing this on my own has made me be like, you know, I'm this confident person who says what I want. And I don't know why I can't apply that to other parts of my life. And I think I know why is because this really is the only thing that's hers. This is the only time that she's been able to be herself. And so every other aspect is you being Heather, the divorce lady. Now, this is not me speaking. 
this is clearly her insecurities about being divorced, right? She seems to think that she's been cast out as, you know, the big D divorce lady. So yeah, it makes sense to me that this would be the only thing that would let her, let the gay flower bloom. Okay, let's move on. So Meredith and Lisa, boring. They go out to dinner with their husbands, boring. Meredith and Lisa are both wearing the same blazer, boring. Seth, I'm having a revelation now because I keep looking at what Seth is wearing. And listen, I've made it very clear both earlier in this episode and, you know, any time that you talk to me about anything <laughs> that I find straight men confusing, despite the fact that I am unfortunately desperately attracted to them and only them. So my confusion watching Seth all this time was like, what is he wearing? And then I was thinking, this man is a marketing genius because my thoughts were like, if you were, if I had to describe how Seth dressed himself I would say it looks like he buys clothes that nobody wants at a very deep discount but that's his job right so like maybe he's just like a walking billboard for himself that's free advertising baby like do you maybe you want to look like you know (laughs) I think he wants to look like Uh, it's like rugged industrial like his tops always look like if he were to let's say be thrown out of a car it would be like a very low risk of road rash there's just like a lot of patches going on like like maybe if he was in like P.O.D. 20 years ago. You guys remember P.O.D.? <laughs> the, the, like, band that we all thought was, like... It, weren't they a Christian band? He looks like he used to be in P.O.D. I'm just gonna say that. We'll we'll move in on. We'll move on. Meredith decides to make this big announcement to Lisa and John about, like, you know what? We've decided to stay together. And we're happy 90% of the time now. So we're just trying to work it out. And we've made the decision to try and like live in the same place. And it's like, okay, cool. John couldn't give a fuck and neither could I. (laughs) Lisa says something interesting. Like, you know what? I'm kind of relieved that they're back together because if they couldn't make it, then it kind of made me worry that my relationship wouldn't make it either. So I just think, you know, like, what? (laughs) And maybe the call calls into question other people's relationships, but I feel like if your relationship is strong enough, other people breaking up shouldn't, like, worry you about your own relationship. But it's neither here nor there. Meredith brings up the party again. She's like, everybody was so immature and stuff. It's like, I think we should have compassion for the immature. He was joking. It was kind of funny. Seth made a little joke and I smirked. I appreciated it. Lisa is like, okay, so we know that Meredith has an actual, well, they both have legitimate reasons to be mad, right? Like if I were Meredith and Lisa, I would be pretty annoyed at Whitney 
telling somebody that like I was afraid of them and I was too afraid to talk to them about it. Like I'd be pissed about that. Meredith has an extra reason to be mad because Whitney also told her that Jen had been talking about her marriage. So she tells the table about that. And Lisa's like, Hey, even if that were true. And I think Lisa knows that it is true. And this is why she said what she said, that even if that were true, it's not her place to say anything, which is a fair comment to make. But I think this is coming from a place of like, yeah, I know you're seeing girl too, girl. And like, I just wouldn't have, I had never said anything to anybody. So then they go on, like Lisa's going on about how like, there's not a lot of consistency when it comes to being honest within the group. And like, she's done and she just wants to be around better people. And that's why we get subjected to this scene later. It Okay. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> so Winnie and Heather drive together. Jen, uh, Jen apologize. Jen got a call from Whitney apologizing. And she says, you know, I want to take you to the spa and like talk things over. So Jen reluctantly decides to go. Whitney and Heather drive together. I guess we we have to talk about the spot, right? Like, it's in the middle of nowhere. There's a dog on the floor and a patchwork quilt um, jacket. (laughs) There's another uh, chihuahua wrapped in this lady's cardigan. The dog's name is Penny Pants. And honestly, I'm not going to lie. That's pretty fucking cute. And I like the the patchwork quilt, too. Had had a nice, you know, he really fit in. Jen is on her way with assistant number 12, not Stuart. And she's like, listen, the only reason I agreed to this is because I wanted to go to the spa and I want a 24 karat gold mask on my face. Of course, she drives up to the place and it looks like some like old Manson followers decided to make a hippie commune and just abandon it to like be Republicans or something. You guys know that like a lot of hippies are now Republicans and conservative and (sighs) you guys, I had a friend. I still do. I have a friend (laughs) who works in the art scene and can I say this? I guess so. Why does it matter? Yeah. Basically like I really, one of the things, historical cultural moments that I love is like the Andy Warhol factory. So this person was representing one of the artists, a couple of the artists from the factory, the factory girls. And I went to go look at the art and I said something, but basically he told me that basically all those people, all those Warhol, all star superstars are Trump supporters. So that was really a dark place for me. Like Andy, I don't, do you think that Andy Warhol would be a Trump supporter if he were still alive? I kind of do. I'm having a revelation. He would, don't you think? Because he would find him like bombastic or whatever Andy was doing. <laughs> this is a, I'm, I'm spiraling. Let's move on. Where, where are we? We're at the, we're at the spa. Hippies abandoned this place. This is a hollowed out, Grateful Dead, rusted van. I mean, this place is a trap to get tetanus. Truly. Lockjaw, the whole thing. <laughs> Jen says it looks like Saw. She's like, there's no way I'm going to get a gold mask here unless I go into the mountains, mine for it myself, and put it on my face. So. 
her outfit. Yo, why did she come with a sequined fly swatter that I think had an S on it? What was that? If she thought that she was going to a nice spa, why did you bring that fly swatter with the crystals on it? We never got any explanation. She's in a you know high ponytail, a big ass blue fur over the shoulder situation. Not quite a jacket, but not a scarf either. I don't know what you call those, but it's a look. She's given us a lot of looks. She's given us like little Kim. If little Kim had a fly swatter around, I I really don't understand the fly swatter. Anyway, they have to walk up this hill. <laughs> To these tubs. So they're going to soak. And I noticed on the board that it said the soaking was only $16. But also if you stayed on the premises. You could get a free soak included in your price. So if you guys want to go there. There you go. So they have to walk up this hill. To get into these pools. Or pool. Not tubs. The tubs are like built into the mountain. So presumably you're getting this like warm fresh from the mountain water and then it kind of like comes out of the other side it was a whole thing it looked mm, dirty (laughs) didn't really look like something I would want to like sit in a in my bathing suit in like I don't know what's going up my no-no you know I don't know what's in there they have gold in there Hmm. anyway um I have to say that watching Jen get into that tub with the fur still draped around her shoulders like she's James Brown, that was amazing. Whitney starts in immediately to apologize and say, you know, things got derailed at the party and Heather chimes in and says, you know, I'm sorry for my part too. And Jen quickly corrects Heather and Whitney and is like, no, Jen, I don't, Heather, I don't blame you because Whitney is the one who brought the whole thing up. Then she says, listen, I'm trying to be present in my marriage. And throwing that party for Sharif was a big deal because I had not thrown a party for him in 25 years, but it backfired. And I haven't spoken to Sharif since. And Whitney was like, you know, I was really surprised to learn that some of our friends aren't as honest with you. And I wanted to prove my loyalty by telling you the truth. It's not my fault that it went wrong. Just like, no, it is your fault. It is your fault. Especially because I specifically told you, Whitney, before the party, how much this party meant to me. And then she starts crying and getting emotional. In a talking head, Whitney says something. Mm. She says, Jen has gotten used to projecting onto other people. And she's gotten used to making everything everyone else's fault. And she doesn't know how longer she can continue to be a mirror for Jen. Ooh. (laughs) Imagine somebody saying that about you. That would really be a turning point for me. Somebody saying that I can no longer be a mirror for your actions. (laughs) Damn. That cuts like a knife. At this point, Jen is screaming about how her marriage is fucked up because of that night. And it's like, well, no, no. Heather says, you know, everybody needs to take responsibility for that night. You need to take responsibility for throwing the drink. Whitney, you need to take responsibility for bringing it up. I need to take responsibility for butting in. We all need to. 
Jen, however, is not trying to hear that. And she keeps saying, you know, Sharif hasn't been home since Saturday. And oh, Whitney rolls her eyes and Jen's like, you roll your eyes again, I will drown you, bitch. <laughs> At that point, she gets upset and she splashes water so hard that it ends up splashing the production and the cameras. Then you hear a camera person or a producer saying, why did you splash us? <laughs> and Jen's like, that's what happened when you filmed me in the fucking bathtub. <laughs> She keeps screaming, takes her fur and goes, pumps it, right? Whitney's over it. She says, Jen just wants to be mad and point the blame and she's never going to take accountability. And Heather's like, no, you need to have some empathy for the situation. Like, you know, then Heather says, I get why Whitney's being defensive because Jen's putting a lot on her. Like, she's doing too much. Jen has a right to be mad. But some of this is projection. And I understand why Whitney is picking up on that projection and being defensive and tough on Jen. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. But on the other hand, it's really obvious that Jen is hurting and she just needs Whitney to show up as a friend to her. So Jen comes back she says, the only reason I came back is for the sake of my friendship with Heather. But about Whitney, I don't care. Whitney apologizes immediately. She says, you know, it was the wrong place, wrong time. Heather gets her turn and she says, I'm pissed about the situation because I think the Eugen want to be friends with Meredith and Lisa and not me anymore. And I'm terrified that one day you're just going to be done with me. And then she says, I've been feeling this way for a long time, but I've been swallowing it because it's more important that we remain friends than for me to be hurt by you, even though I'm hurt. And then she says, you know, it gets deep. And she says, I have like PTSD from my divorce. I'm so used to being the get along, do what you're told girl that, you know, the one time that I did it with Billy he left me. And so I'm just worried that like, if I stay on my ground again, you don't want to, you're not going to want to be my friend. Whitney then gets in the tub with Jen and she asks, you know, she's like, do you accept my apology? And Jen's like, "Mm." (laughs) like I'll accept it, but not until my marriage is right. A lot of things that were taken from this scene. Obviously, Jen is a hurt person who needs to figure out what's going on in her marriage. 
Whitney needs to take a, a little bit more accountability or just like not say anything <laughs> because you know and Heather needs to work out her insecurities 100% and she needs to I don't know if like maybe she and Billy need to go to counseling so they can work through that Billy sounds like a terrible human being I feel like I was marginally complimentary toward him last week not doing it because now that I'm thinking like this is a very damaged woman and I feel like he might need to be held accountable for this a little bit I really do so then, like I said, we get this boring scene of Lisa having a dinner with what she says are like VIP guests that she's having this tasting menu. So the food pairs with the Vita tequila and uh, the Ola tequila and whatever. And it's like, I don't, the only other castmate that was there was Meredith. I don't need to see these like mommy bloggers talking to each other, like some sort of summit kind of like empowering women business women special summit i don't need it i mean it just feels like she was trying to produce and like bring new girls in to be like i'm over those other girls they're not cool enough so i'm gonna like use my contacts use the fact that i'm on the show bring the lady from glam and glitz whatever the fuck on instagram <laughs> and a one one designed boots it seemed like half of them just designed jewelry. Like, I don't need to know Meredith Marks' origin story to how she started selling it, rubies. It's great. And I love it. But it's like, I, you know, I don't care. And so we're not going to talk about it anymore. The final scene was a big emotional scene. And I saw you guys have a lot of differing opinions about Coach Shaw with this. I gotta say, like, maybe I'm naive, but I found his response to be what I would want to hear. Other people found it to be highly manipulative, and they don't like him now. I, I, I don't know. Maybe there's, I watched a scene twice, you know, y'all not listen to this podcast. You guys know I'm fucked up. So there's full disclosure. Things that I could not be picking up on. But I thought it was great. So. They're getting. It looks like they're getting ready for bed. Just makeup free. I think she. I thought she looked very fresh. And cute. And Jen goes out there. To talk to Coach Shaw. And is like. She says. You know. I'm, I, I'm looking forward. Well. I, I want to hear what he says. But I kind of worried like. This might be the breakup conversation. Like, this might be it for us. And that makes me want to know, like, I need to know more of the ins and outs of their relationship. I need to know why she would be scared that this would be the final straw. It, we're getting a lot from Jen about her relationship that, like, it, there's a lot. There's a whole spectrum of things. So it seems like she's mad at him for not being around. It seems like... She also feels like there are parts to her that are on thin ice with Coach Shaw. And I want to know a lot about that. I really do. So she starts asking him, like, why haven't we spoken in four days? And he was like, first of all, 
I was upset and I thought it would be better to not speak when I was angry. Now, this, I think I will agree. This was the fucked up part. You're in a marriage for 20 plus years, a relationship for 20 plus years, a relationship for any years. Like if you guys decide to be together, there might be a handful of situations in which it was like, you know, I don't need to talk to you barring, you know, I'm talking like standard things, not abusive things a situation that would call to not talk to your partner for days at a time. I feel like there are very situations to which that would make sense. And this is not one of them. And I do not like, you know, it's making more sense to me now. I, the idea of being like held on a string, is that the right phrase? <laughs> like you're just, he, like imagine the emotional toil of being like, damn, I fucked up. And now my partner doesn't want to talk to me for days. Like, I think that is a little bit messed up. He, what he could have said is exactly what he said to her in that moment of like, I need time to process. I'm angry and I would like to not speak to you while I'm angry. I think if you're in a relationship for that long, you should be able to say that. And at that point, if you need a few days, you need a few days. But I also feel like you guys are married you guys got to work this shit out or like break up. So that part I did not like, he should have really communicated with her. That was not a, I'm not speaking to you for four days situation. It really isn't. Then he starts up saying like, you know, the party was wonderful and I really appreciated it, but I was upset with you drinking and not controlling your emotions. What's going on with that? And Jen's like, I'm drinking because I'm numbing the pain. I'm numbing the pain of you not being around and I'm still dealing with the death of my father. I'm not strong enough to keep doing this, Sharif. And I thought that was really powerful. You just say like, I'm at my limit and I can't continue this way. That's like something you really need to listen to. And then she says, he, he asked her what, she wants him to do like how can I do this and Jen says look I support your job I understand you have this crazy schedule but like I need you to be around more and I needed you to be around when I was in the hospital for a week making the decisions life or death decisions about my dad I needed that support and you weren't there you weren't at the funeral he absolutely should have been at the funeral for sure and she's upset Totally, totally get it. And then he says, you know, I understand. And you never said this to me like this way. And now I really get it. And I I didn't know, like, you were so angry at me. And I didn't know why. And I, that part, I'm kind of like, okay. <laughs> I really made a, a case for myself. And now I'm just revealing that I'm a dumb bitch. And now I'm hearing myself say what he said. And it's not great. It's not great. For him to say, like, I knew that you were angry with me and I didn't know why. Like, why did you not ask her? <laughs> like, if she said something to you and she continued to be mad, you can't be like, oh, you never said it to me this way. They they clearly have communication problems and the way they act when things are bad, obviously, is by not communicating until it comes to a head. And now we see it. Then he says, you know, I also don't blame you for numbing the pain by drinking because he said he had some sort of neck injury that took him out 
of playing football and it took him to a dark place that quote included alcohol and things that he wished he would have never done but he did and i'm gonna need some clarification on the things that he wished he never would have done but did are they people are the people that you did or are these actions sounds like he may have cheated on her and i would like to know that and don't they <laughs> this is shady but don't they kind of seem like a couple <laughs> that he cheated on her <laughs> i don't know what the energy is i don't know how to describe the energy of like a couple where somebody's been cheated on and she's like taking him back mm, i think there may have been an indiscretion happening and i think he was trying to clean that up so he apologizes and says, you know, I'll be better. Jen says in a talking head, like, I feel bad about hurting him. And I wish that she wouldn't take that on. That made me sad. Anyway, they kiss and make up and try to do better. And that was the end of the episode. I need more Mary. I need more Mary. I do find these stories to be very compelling Still, I think this is a great first season, a very solid first season. Will I say, would I say that it would be up in like season one of New Jersey? Maybe not, but it's still very good. It's still very good. It's definitely better than season one of Orange County. Definitely better than season one of, uh, Dallas. <laughs> it's up there. We'll just say it's up there. Thank you guys so much for listening to this. Thank me for speaking. I love you guys. Bye.